Good evening, gearheads. Welcome to your Sunday night with Speed City. We are one week away, less than that now, because it's Sunday night. Oh, yeah. From the Formula One United States Grand Prix right in our little town of Austin, Texas. How exciting is that, Mr. Kaiser? Oh, man, it is awesome. I know <laughs> I've got a lot of folks already uh, asking, where's the parties? Where's Where can I see drivers? You know, where are the cool secret places? Yeah. I could only say. The city is getting <laughs> excited, too, because right by my office downtown, I don't know if I showed you this picture. It's oh, a nice. giant billboard of Checo Perez. Maybe I'll give that to the producer. You can't see it on the camera very well, but it's a giant billboard of Checo Perez with the with the giant new Facebook building, the tallest building in Austin yeah, right behind yeah. it. It's pretty cool. But Well, and absolutely. I arrived at the airport uh, coming back from uh, Luftkult in L.A. last week. And there is one of those vinyl, you know, landing pads, you know, decorations on the bottom, and it's uh, the USGP here in Austin, as well. I know uh, we we've seen, been seeing the usual billboards around town, but I think there's just extra. It's just turned up to eleven this year because one of the things that we want to talk about. We're going to talk. Let me just run down tonight. So we're going to talk all about the USGP from the what's going to happen in the racing, what we expect to happen, what could happen including championship uh, constructor implications and all those kinds of things. But we're also going to talk about Austin, what's changed this year, because there's been some big changes. We touched on that a few weeks ago, and we'll touch on that a little further tonight. And we'll talk about um, what's going to happen potentially in midfield battles, all those kinds of things, what you'd expect at Circuit of the Americas. Um, we're also going to talk about the cost cap a little bit, too, because that's that happened. We knew it was going to happen, but that's happened since we've been on the air. Right. Uh, we're going to talk about Mario Andretti because oh, Mario drove a modern era Formula One car. And that's a, and at the Velocity our, event. Yeah, and our friend Jonathan Green, the reason he's not here tonight is because he's doing the commentary for that event. Literally, he, no one else is yeah. with him. No! Oh, yeah. I don't and, think he's got the energy for that anymore. <laughs> well, he he got to do the commentary about for Mario's trip around Laguna Seca in that McLaren. Oh, yeah. And I, you know, I have Jonathan's still on the air out there, so we haven't even talked to him. I talked to him very briefly this morning as he was, you know, getting up and headed to the track. But uh, so we're going to talk about Mario Andretti, and there's there's just lots of things we got going on tonight. We potentially may have a young. USF4 American driver going to call yeah. in if he can get to a phone or a computer. So um, we'll see if we can catch him. It's uh, Bryson Morris, who's second in the USF4 championship. So and he'll be at Circuit of the Americas not long from now after after the Formula One GP. But so we got lots of fun stuff to talk about tonight, guys and gals. But let's start a, start with what to expect at the Formula One USGP here in Austin and. Number one thing to expect yeah. is massive attendance. Last year, we set the record for the most attended USGP in history at that time, 400,000 people. And this year, Bobby Epstein, chairman of COTA, said he's expecting even a bigger crowd than that. I think he's going to get it. You know, uh, when they added some more grandstands after the initial sellout situation, uh, those sold out in a couple hours. And so uh, that was something else going on. But, uh, you know, with that attendance, one of the things I want to reassure folks is uh, you and I have both been down the road, uh, Elroy Road on the north edge of the track. Yeah. It is much wider. I mean, it's like three times as wide as well, it was. It, it was a little bitty two-lane country yeah. road that you could barely drive down in a low car like right. ours. But now it is a five-lane highway, It's and it leads all the way from Coda out to the major toll road area. Yep. So traffic should just, just doing that should be dramatic, but they've also done something else for traffic. Yeah. The shuttles. The shuttles are huge this year. And so I want you, you know, if you're still looking for rides, check out the shuttles, go to the circuit website and it will definitely help you out. There's a couple of different locations. They've got one in Southwest Austin for Saturday and Sunday. They've got the Travis County Expo and they've got one downtown near the Waterloo area, and so absolutely. Well, Lots they, of options for getting out there and not having to deal with parking out there and letting somebody else drive and cope with that. Yeah, so uh, yeah, definitely the, check that out. Reduce the the, uh, the traffic just by taking shuttles. They've, they've almost doubled the number of shuttle buses. They had 325 last year, and they've got 600 this year. And remember, last year, 
we were coming out of the pandemic, yep. and they had trouble getting drivers, if you recall. Some of them just oh, yeah. didn't even show up. So yeah. hopefully people will show up to do their job and drive the buses, but you know, they're, they've got to be more prepared. They weren't really prepared for that because that was the kind of the beginning of all of that last right. year. I think we all had cabin fever and we all wanted out and Hey, what better big outdoor event? Well, and you know, there's, there's the bigger employment issue. That's not for yeah. this show that hopefully they've got that under control and that they'll have 600 shuttles. So let's say last year, they really, they, if we're lucky, they had about 250. Right. So they're going to be more than double. Um, you know, if you, if all the, uh, if they've got all those issues, those logistical things straightened out. Yeah. They, the other thing with the uh, park and ride, uh, the ride services, the share rides, things like that, those are going to be dropped off at Dell Valley High School. That's just a couple miles away. And then those groups will even be shuttled in. If you take one of those ride share rides in towards the track, just be aware they're not going to get to come to Coda Boulevard. They're going to be turned away. You know, there's a traffic pattern there that is strictly by permit. And so those folks are going to be turned away and have to head off to Del Valley. And you jump on a shuttle there. That's that's a complimentary shuttle from the Del Valley High School. So just beware. Uh, a lot of changes, but the big picture, I think it's going to be a lot better. Yeah. Another thing I read is that they've got I, – I didn't even get to talk to anybody at CODA about this, but uh, they talked about the, a big increase in the number of food and drink kiosks too. Oh, right. So it should be – you know, because I know that became an issue last year. I think that the jump, you know, I started a spreadsheet. I know you'll have find course. that hard to, hard to believe, but <laughs> I'm working on that. Well, I, I'm going to try to map every the the attendance at every USGP here at CODA since 2012. Now that we've or 10 years in, but I wanted to see. I, I looked in in 2016. We had 265,000 over the three days, but that jump between 2016 and 2021 up to 400,000, and now who knows how many 400 plus. I mean, that's a big thing to for CODA to shift and get ready for. And I think this year, I mean, th there was enough flack last year that they probably have, besides the road and everything we talked about, I probably had done a lot more things to help get prepared for it. Oh, without a doubt. And like I said, we've seen so much construction over out in that area, I mean, long between races, as well as just improved infrastructure on the property and off the property. Traffic management is a whole nother world now. They've really putting a lot of effort into that so mm. <laughs> kevin kelly kevin kelly on uh, youtube he said try driving an rv on that farm road yeah kevin i i'm telling you that the day coda was announced i zipped out there i had an srt that was kind of lowered and and i was going down that road at, at kind of a normal speed like 40 miles an hour and bottomed out and i was like okay this and, and that was one of the better roads on the back side it was horrible that was a long time ago, but, um, well, and you know, folks realized that was like ranching country. Those, there were oh, yeah. you know, herds of cattle out there. <laughs> and so, uh, you know, it, it sufficed for what it was, what they were doing with it. Well, it, big changes now. Well, and there's a good, um, there's a good link on CODA's website. They, by the way, the new CODA website is fantastic. It's a major overhaul. Uh, but there's a, there's something called uh, know before you go. So check that out because we could read all of this for two hours and not get it all. So there's tons of good information. They've been really, I've noticed they've really stepped it up in lots of different ways. They really have. Uh, you know, I've been uh, engaging with them quite a bit on different things leading up to this. Uh, one of the fun ones. Okay, here's a fun quick story. Had a message from uh, one of the gentlemen whose pickup truck was selected to be one of the trucks that they are using for the driver's parade this year. Oh. But get this. It's a Model T. Oh, awesome. So, <laughs> smart man. He messages and he says, hey, is there any way I can take my Model T out there before race day and make sure it'll make it up T1? <laughs> Good call. I think I know somebody. So, he, he sent me a little video clip. It works. We've got people in the truck. It's heading up to the top. I just want to see who's going to get to uh, be in that Model T and if they don't take the wheel away from him. That's funny. I thought you were going to tell me he was worried that it was going to, wasn't going to run well enough. Would they pay for an LS swap or something? Uh, no. <laughs> you don't do that. Uh, yeah, you put the other one in the garage. Uh, but, yeah, I was going to show everybody this, too. Um, I got this at the house, and it's funny. It's addressed to resident. It doesn't, you know, I'm in their database, obviously, but addressed to resident, it's Another example of all the stuff they're doing. It's this nice little fold-out 
talking about how to get ready for Coda. Nice little five-page fold-out, and this is new. I've never seen this come out of Coda. I hope they have those around because it's got a nice schedule in it. Yeah. Uh, a lot of, you know, it's got the map, venue map, it's got the schedule, it's got all kinds of things in it that are really a great handy thing to hold on to and not have not go get that full-blown program to carry around. It's almost like a mini um, program. Exactly. You know, it's kind of like a mini program because it's got a great, like you said, a great map and all that stuff. Uh, pictures of Green Day and Ed Sheeran, Interpol, and, and a new announcement this week. Shaq is back. Shaq. Shaq, the, the DJ. Yeah, DJ Shaq. Yeah, yeah Shaquille O'Neal. Diesel, that's right. Diesel. Diesel, is it? Uh, yeah, that's what, he, that's what he calls himself. That's his Diesel. DJ name. Yeah. yeah. I tweeted out a picture. We sound old or what? <laughs> if the shoe fits, buddy. <laughs> Yours is bigger. <laughs> well, I tweeted out a picture. Maybe producer can find it last week. Um, it was... It was so funny. All the photographers, when Shaq came last year, they they, they showed Max and Lewis, and I, I think it was Checo on the podium. Yeah. And all the shots, they, I don't know, something about all the British or European photographers, they didn't want to show the the size comparison between Shaq. <laughs> and all of them were, you know, with Shaq about the same height. And I said, I said yeah, every, this is, a, you know, this is exactly right, except for the five-foot box Max Verstappen <laughs> is standing on. Anyway, um, Shaquille O'Neal is back. He's a crowd favorite, so uh, that is awesome, too. But, yeah, that'll uh, be a great one. Uh, yeah, he was just fun. Even last year when he delivered one of the trophies, that was a lot of fun to see. I mean, he was just all about it, doing yeah. fun stuff. All right, well, we are going to go ahead and take our quick break, and I look in the Zoom, and we have our young driver going to join us here. It's Bryson Morris. Uh, he is a very exciting young driver in the USF4, so we'll be back after these messages. Hi, this is Max Steppen, and you're listening to Speed City. Welcome back to the fastest hour in radio, Speed City. All right, welcome back. we got lots to talk about tonight. In a few minutes, we're going to talk about what to expect from the racing side at the Formula One USGP here in Austin, Texas. And we're going to talk a little bit about what's going on with the driver market. We're going to talk about the cost cap, all the things that have been hot in the news. And we are very up to speed on all that. And before we do all that, we're going to get a young driver to help us talk about all this stuff because we have a young badass driver who's currently second in the USF4 championship for the Kiwi Crosslink team. We have Bryson Morris. Hey, Bryson, welcome to Speed City. Hey, guys. Thank you for having me. Well, congrats on your success so far this season. Yeah. Thank you. I mean, it's gone well so far, but I still want to shoot for one more place. Uh, there you go, man. Good You're man. pretty close. What are you like within like 10, 15 points? Yeah, I'm currently seven points off right now, so it's still Ooh. all to go for. Yeah, that's awesome. And correct me if I'm wrong. Did I read that you won your very first race when you stepped into USF4? It was my very first weekend. Okay. It was close. actually my third race of the series but yes it was my very first weekend in the series uh so are you going to i mean clearly you're going to come to coda you already said your last race have you raced coda before i have yes so last year we went there also we were a support series to formula one and then okay. this year also i raced in the usf juniors series which was also there so i've got a bit of experience under my belt uh, uh well I, I gotta go back and ask you about last year being a support series for all your heroes around you how did you get to meet any of the drivers unfortunately no oh. i was so busy during the weekend but just like the fans like for instance sitting on grid just seeing all the fans up at turn one or in the grandstand it was super surreal well so did you realize at the time that you were racing in front of the largest crowd to ever see a formula one grand prix ever in all time i i did not at the time <laughs> but when you look up at turn one going up the hill you could not even see grass on the ground. That's how packed it was. Yeah. Yeah. We, we were in our booth looking down the straight, seeing that. It was like, look at that. It, it was just, you know, spectacular is not a big enough word. And uh, it is. And this year, tell you what, Bryson, there's going to be even more folks we expect. They sold out everything they did last year. They've added more grandstands around the track, and those sold out about three hours after they opened them. Yeah. Wow. 
Well, hey, Bryson, why don't you tell us, get us up to speed on your career. And I know you've won, you've won a championship before, but tell us how you got started in all that. Yes. So I started in go-karts just like everyone else, basically, it seems like. And I started when I was 10 and basically worked my way up the ranks from there. And then in 2020, I was able to win two national championships in the same year. And then that kind of launched me into cars, which then I went with the Lucas Oil School of Racing. And there is a little race series that they had it going with that, which is part of Road to Indy. And I competed in that, and I was able to win that pretty comfortably and decided to switch over to F4 the next year. And so far, it's been going pretty well. Awesome. Well, I didn't even tell ask uh, where you're from, but you're from Tennessee. Is that right? Yes, I'm from Nashville, Tennessee. Nice. Uh, okay, so what is the dream for a young uh, driver in USF4 right now? Is it is it IndyCar? Is it Formula One? Or what is it? I mean, it's both. <laughs> Obviously, F1's a little hard to get to. You've got to go race in Europe, which I'm currently not at that level yet. That would be next year, like the earliest possible. But IndyCar is also the main goal. I think there is not 100%, but maybe a scholarship involved throughout the next few years going to IndyCar. But at the same time, I'm also involved in some sports car racing. So I've been racing a BMW GT3 also this year, and it would be awesome to get involved with a factory manufacturer like BMW, Porsche, Ferrari, things like that. Those uh, would probably be my dreams. Well, hey, look, going, talk, going back to Formula One, um, in case you haven't noticed this year, they're trying to have new paths to Formula One, not just Europe, because all this Colton heard a talk and everybody else. So you just never know. Have you got any super license points yet? I do. I do. It's not very many. I don't know the exact amount, but last year, I think it is the top eight in USF4 gets super license points. So I do have a little bit, but not quite enough. I knew that USF4 did that. That's why I asked that question. Um, well, who are your who are your favorites? Who are your heroes? And well, let's start with Formula One. Who are your heroes in Formula One? Honestly, I don't. I couldn't say I have one, but I like uh, Nick DeVries a lot. He's probably my <laughs> favorite driver now that he's involved now and also Lando Norris he's just he seems like he's the closest to someone my age and like how I act also it's just very close so probably those two yeah I, I had a feeling uh Lando was on their list every young driver we've had on the show Lando has has been on the been on their list for sure but well let's talk about what you uh what you know because you guys come to Coda what is it it's only like what two weeks later for after USGP I think so. Yes, it's yeah. November third through six. So our, I see right now we're we're on the radio, but we're also got you on Zoom. You're, you've got a rig, and while we're in the break, I was asking you about your rig, and you got a nice graphics card and all that stuff. Is that part of your training? Do you do a lot of sim work? Yes, of course. Mainly, I use it for tracks I've never been to, but it's also good to just get a, a refresh on the track that you're going to. But fortunately, I've been to Coda pretty recently. So I won't have to do as much as I normally would, but it's always a tool that's there right in my room. So I use it as much as I can. Mm. Well, Ryson, one of the things that I've been asked, I'm, I'm not one that does a lot of sim work. I get to sit down and <laughs> drop in once in a while on one. Mm -hmm. But uh, the, the technology in it has advanced so far in sim and what's affordable to you know support racers and things like that. When you're dealing with your sim, for instance, are you getting true feedback of what your car would be behaving like or is it strictly about the direction and knowing the layout of the track so for me it's just about knowing the track because i know once i arrive at the track we already have a pretty good baseline setup so we can just go out and work from there but also on the sim that i use iRacing and they have the next gen f4 car so it's not quite the same so you can't really get down to the details with it but it's still close enough to be able to learn about like around breaking points where you should be getting on throttle and stuff like that. Oh, no, that's cool. That's cool. I mean, you know, I go back to the, the days of pong on the computer. <laughs> so that's just pretty amazing to me. What has come in this and how it yeah, really it, is a legit tool. Yeah. It's come very far in recent years. It's very good. Hey, Bryson, I want to ask you about the Formula One championship being, and I, what, have you been watching most of the races this year? I can't say I have, but I check in on it every once in a while. Well, I was just going to ask you about the, 
one I was going to ask you about Max Verstappen's championship and the dominance that he has shown this year. It's just really been insane the level that Max is on. He he's just literally on another level this year. Yeah, he's been doing so good. I mean, some people will say that he's got the best car and that he should be winning, but at the same time, these are top level drivers, you know, some of the best in the world, and he's still being able to do what he does. It's it's crazy. I saw one video from a fan's perspective at Spa. I think he was leading by 40 seconds. And just the like, sheer amount of time it actually is when you're at the track, it's <laughs> crazy. Yeah, leading by 40 seconds, that's just insane. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, you know, Lando is your one of your favorites, you said. He loves to do sim work and streaming on Twitch and everything else and did a whole bunch of that during the pandemic. Uh, did you get to see any of the what he does and that kind of stuff and on Twitch and other platforms? I never got to watch one live, but I saw a few clips here and there, and it looked pretty entertaining, but I actually didn't get to watch them. I I think that is part of the new PR training for the young, for the next generation of drivers. You just have to be. I think that you have right. to have – I think it's just part of the, part of the landscape. Um, Bryson, would you agree? Yeah, I mean – that in social media, it's one of the most important things nowadays. So if you have a good following on social media or you have like high interactions and stuff, it, it can actually take you very far, surprisingly. Hey, you know what I didn't ask you? Are you you're not gonna get a chance to come down to the USGP before you come down to race a couple of weeks later, are you? We have tickets, so I think yes. I will be able to All go right. to right. Hey, we'll ping us. We might have an open mic once in a while. Yeah, yeah. If you All get right. if you get down there, just give us a holler. All right, I'll let you know. Um, all right, what else for Bryson? Um, okay, so what's the next step? If you if you were to win this championship, or either way, but what's the next step for you? It's probably going to go with a similar thing of this year, like a dual open-wheel sports car scenario, but it kind of relies heavily on if I win the championship, which will then give me a scholarship to Formula Regionals America, yep. which I will then run that, and then also whatever other opportunities have because unfortunately you're not in a seat for very long throughout the year so there's a lot of gap time and that's really good to fill that in with say like a sports car and uh like prototype cars stuff like that it's very good to hop into those just keep your body refreshed on how to drive stuff like that nice hey bryson we got a question from youtube wesman says bryson which non-us track would you like to race on one day Ooh, so i've raced on two three actually i raced in dubai Mugello, and barcelona and those are all very high class tracks but i would love to race on either spa or Le Mans one day sorry i have to pick two but yeah it's got to be one of those two they're just so iconic i'd love to oh absolutely i'd be right there with you i mean i just want to i've been to spa but yeah Le Mans is the history in itself you gotta love that so mm -hmm. hey bryson which series were you racing at those tracks that was the 24-hour series, formerly known as Kruvintic. We did yeah. not get to run the full schedule, but the races that we did run, we won in Mugello. We were leading at Barcelona until a mechanical issue, so it was a pretty good season over there. Ah, okay. Very cool. Well, Bryson, we are just about out of time. We want to thank you very much for coming on and wish you the best of luck in the championship because I know you're seven points out, so... That would be amazing for your career. And uh, tell everybody how to find you on social or website or whatever you want. Yeah, so I'm on Instagram at Bryson period Morris 39 and on Facebook, Bryson Morris Racing. Those are my socials. All right, fantastic. fantastic. Bryson Morris, thank you very much for coming on Speed City. And uh, we'll look for you at Coda. Yep, thank you for having me. All right, travel safe. All right, thanks, everybody. We're going to do a quick break here. When we come back, we're going to have more Formula One discussions about the drivers. The Haas seat, is, I think, is what I want to go to next. You're listening Ooh. to Speed City. Back after this. All right, so we are live out to the people on YouTube. Thank you. Who was it that reminded me we were doing that? Uh, oh, it was Mike Bowles. Uh, Bry Bryson, you still there? Yeah. So you're going to get to come down, huh? Yes, I will. Uh, we've got tickets. I think we've got even paddock tickets. So I'm excited. Boom. There's the answer for okay. getting us, getting you in the booth. If you get if you got paddock tickets, we can try. We'll see how that goes. Yeah, yeah. We had mm -hmm. we had one time 
Mario <laughs> Andretti. They were he was at the media center door and they were going, uh, I'm sorry, sir, do you, that your pass doesn't have the right sticker on it. I walked up to the guy, I said, This is Mario and freaking Andretti or something like that. <laughs> and he was like, yeah. he just kind of looked at me like, uh, what do I do? And I said, It's okay. Come on. <laughs> and and Mario came back. That's how hard it is, by the way. Now I think that may have been a, a one off, but you do have to have mm -hmm. the right passes. But we'll see if we can get you in there. Yeah, I don't think I have that kind of pass like he does. <laughs> yeah, uh, you never know. You never know. If, if you get close, we, we kind of know our ways. I wonder if Jonathan's still on the air out in... Uh... Okay, so it's 5.30 in California. It is 5.30. I'm going to text him and see him if he'll just come on. He probably has no voice. I'm just going to text him and say, come on the air if you can. Yeah, yeah. I'll so, Bryson, you've been fun. to Austin. What are a couple other things uh, you do while you're in the Austin area? Not very much. It's a lot of at the track stuff, but um, sure. Well, yeah, there's this one Mexican restaurant that's very close, and it's super good. That's probably the furthest I go outside of the track. I bet that's Ovi's. All right, hey Bryson, we're gonna let you go, buddy. We appreciate you coming on. Thanks for sticking with us for a few minutes for the YouTube streamers. Of course, thank you for having me. All Take right, care, guys. see you, see you, Coda. Hi guys, this is Pierre Gasly and you're listening to Speed City. Welcome back to the fastest hour in radio, Speed City. I think the YouTube listeners and Facebook listeners can't hear those rejoins. Can they, Casey? Oh, they can hear them. Okay, so Pierre Gasly. We got to get a fresh batch of these because we got some new ones. We got Nick DeVries. Yeah. We haven't, you know, I don't know if there's any others that we haven't. Did we get Nick Schumacher last year? I honestly don't recall. I don't know. I don't know. We'll have we got to get some more of those. Check inventory and we'll update. Yeah. Knows, we may have to get some with uh, new team names on them as well. So hey, we'll we, see. We got to share something that happened to Speed City today because it's not every day that Mario Andretti the Pope. The Pope. <laughs> yeah. Retweets you today. I, it wasn't that long ago. It was probably a couple hours ago um, because I tweeted out that I said it was an amazing moment watching Mario Andretti. Ah, there we go. Producer's bringing that up. It was an amazing moment watching Mario Andretti in a modern-era McLaren F1 car because it was amazing to watch that. And I said, thank you, Zach Brown, CEO. And then I said, our man, Speed Green, Jonathan Green, honored to be on the microphone. And Mario retweeted that to his whatever quarter million fans. And um, and that was awesome. I'd have, I think we've had about... 20,000 unique views of the video, much less the 50,000 sure. people that have seen our tweet. But that was very cool. And and I know Jonathan truly was honored. And we actually have the video. Casey, you got that one ready? Um, we've got the video. Um, it's the video of the tweet. Or if you want to just play the tweet, whatever. But we have the video of Jonathan got to call that because... Jonathan was on the microphones all the weekend out at the Velocity International. And when Mario got in the car, Jonathan got to do the commentary of Mario Andretti going around Laguna Seca mm -hmm. in a modern era. I think it was like a seven or eight, nine-year-old McLaren, right. but still. So let's hear that from Jonathan and Mario. And here he goes, the great Mario Andretti. What a wonderful sound and sight to see. One of the greatest of all time, if not the driving a modern Formula One car. He had ages it by many a year, I may add. But in his 80s, he's still driving hard and still loving every minute out of it. Drive like Andretti, they say. And that's how you do it here at Laguna. I know that his son, Michael, and his nephew tuning in all the Andretti's, Jared, Adam, I'm sure will be watching Michael, Marco, and the family. Here's to you, Andretti's. You've given us a lot of love and uh, great racing over the years. But it's been led by this man, Mario Andretti. And it's an absolute glorious sight and sound to rock through the hills of Monterey, somewhat apropos, because this is the location that Mario raced his last IndyCar race back in the mid-90s. So... A special place for the Andretti family, as he and Michael went toe-to-toe -to -toe for many a year in IndyCar. And as you're well aware, 
both Mario and Michael trying to find their way onto the Formula One grid currently to try and take. Uh, Ooh, shivers. I know. <laughs> I, I, don't, I can't tell you how many times I watched that today. I actually went back and found it in the full stream. The, the eight and a half hours of Jonathan talking. Oh gosh, you're a glutton for. Oh, well, no, I, I didn't watch the whole. Th- I didn't watch the whole thing, but I watched a lot of it. I watched a lot of it today too. It's really fun. That it is. It's a great event. I gotta put yeah. that on my bucket list. Ah, uh, and it's only four years old. It is. Peter does a great job at organizing so much of that. I don't. I don't know how and, much uh, Peter's involved directly, but yeah, he he seems to know the folks that help make it happen so it's yeah. called the velocity international and until now i've you know past four years and it's getting bigger and bigger and clearly a lot of big names including zach brown himself out there driving yeah. he tweeted right as we were going on air that he took out senna's car because there it was really <sighs> you got to go back and watch that stream look it up velocity international on youtube and i think it's the same as the goodwood folks because they had the, their name all over the stream and everything i really i should ask jonathan he'd be able to tell us but I love some of the replies to Mario retweeting us. Oh, and, let's hear it. Yeah, a couple of them. This one, this one's just what we all believe, and it says the term "goat" gets thrown around a lot in the modern day. But let us not forget about the original one in motorsports, for absolutely sure. And um, oh, by the way, Mario's tweet. It says, "If if the art of letting go is a thing, tell me about it when I'm old." <laughs> There you go. And I made you watch Marshall Pruitt's video from Racer.com. Right. Because Mario, it is hilarious. you got to go watch this one because Mario, he's being interviewed like he's the current Formula One driver. He keeps talking about, oh, you know, I, that he, the seat was out of adjustment because I couldn't see my downshifts. And I, try, I put together a good lap if you add all the sectors up. And he said, and we're working on this. We're working on that. I'm like, Mario. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know how much time they're gonna, you know. It's probably all he wants, but yeah. you know, he, he sounded like a current Formula One driver after FP1. You know, I, I think I've heard those same, you know, comments from Lewis Hamilton. Yeah. So who knows? Exactly. Maybe there's something going on. Is there a McLaren seat open? Wait a minute. It was so great, <laughs> and, and most of the comments, like this guy Mark Howell says, this makes me happy. But so many, <laughs> this guy says. Mario Andretti is my spirit animal. So, <laughs> yeah, uh, just it goes on and on, but it is uh, it's great. And I don't know if you notice that in the middle of that, Jonathan mentioned how their the Marco is going for the yeah. uh, you know for the Andretti Global F1 effort, which is still unknown what's happening with that. Yeah, um, but the fact that Mario retweeted that too, I, I don't know. I'm I, I, Am I grasping? Am I hoping too hard? But... Oh, no. I mean, Michael's F1, you know, adventure here is absolutely top of the world. Did I say Marco? Yeah, and Michael. And so uh, is top of the world for everybody around the U.S. in F1. And, uh, you know, we, we've talked about it. I think the rest of the field ought to be intimidated. I think that's where the noise comes from. Not yeah. that we don't have, you know, a couple more spots available on the grid as per the charter and everything of it. But, yeah. The Continental Agreement says there can be three more teams on the grid. All right. Well, speaking of rules and regulations, let's talk cost cap a little bit. Oh, I know boy. this thing has been beat to death, and really, we only know a little bit. Thank you, Casey. We only know a little bit about what's going on because what we do know is that Red Bull violated the spending cost cap portion of these new rules, and it was called a minor infraction which includes up to 5% of the cost cap, which if you do the math on $145 million cost cap, and by the way, this is all referring to 2021. If you haven't followed it that close, um, that is what this is all in reference to, right? Um, And so they said that Red Bull overspent in a minor. In other words, it could be a penny over or 5%, which is somewhere around $7 million. Right. So... I get the feeling that it's probably closer to the bottom end of that scale than the top end of the scale, but I, I don't know that, and I have no idea. Sure. I don't know. I'm just saying that my gut after listening to all of this, and and also one of the things that perturbed me was the fact that this all this information leaked out. You know, uh, uh, not not all of it, but it was what did leak out was accurate. Yeah. And, and how did that happen too? You know, that was 
Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's something going on there. And, and quite honestly, you know, until the investigation is done, I understand keeping it quiet and keeping it inside. But at some point you reveal, you ought to reveal all the work papers that went into the investigation and their findings and whatnot. And absolutely. There's going to be something in there that they're going to redact or they're not going to share that because that might give some tip to some development they're doing within budget, which you don't want to sabotage the team of that. But now what? Mm, well, okay. So if we play this out a little bit, one thing that I want to talk about is what uh, Mattia Bonato said, Ferrari team principal said about the dollars. Now, let's take this with a grain of salt. We are talking about a competitor. Salt and lime. Gotcha. But, <laughs> but Mattia Bonato said that let's, he said, let's say it's a $5 million uh, over budget, which is towards the upper end of this Sure. This level of infraction, right? Yeah, minor is up to... Yeah. Right, minor is up to 5%. So let's say it's $5 million. He said that's a half a second a lap, which would clearly give the championship in 2021 back to Lewis Hamilton. And I think that if it were that much money, that that could be on the table because... Uh, let me pull up my notes on that because... I. I could see that being correct. I mean, if it really is dependent to be that, then uh, unfortunately, yeah. But this is worse than not knowing who won the race at the end of the race. I know, I know. This is this is really frustrating. It's like let's let's just dribble it out and make everybody frustrated to death. But but as part of the rules, as part of the penalties, the penalties could mean one or more of the following: a a public reprimand. Okay, that's dumb. But uh, deduction of constructors' championship points awarded for the championship that took place within the porting, reporting period of the breach, which is exactly what we're talking about, last year. And as we all know, at the end of last year, what happened with Max and Lewis. And so that is on the table. And in fact, Ross Braun, the Formula One director of sporting regulation, or director of, of sporting, I can't remember his exact yeah. title. Anyway, he's the head guy in the sporting side of this said last year, last December, when these rules were released, he said, we will take your championship away if you've overspent. That's a quote from Ross Brown. Yeah. So this is certainly not out of the realm of possibility. I mean, you talk about a giant black eye for the sport, but, you know, along the same veins of what you're just saying, you know, yeah. let's let's don't drag these decisions out. You know, it's bad enough on race day when we don't know for four hours. Yeah. And, you know, the, uh, you know, I would like to hear the details. Is it, oh, we didn't expect that expense to be within the included in the cost cap, so we're a little bit off? Was, you know, I'd like to get some more meat and details around this to know exactly what they're talking about because there are things that uh, the car, those teams with that are tied to car manufacturers get the benefit of some of the loopholes or some of the situations that they could get some technology from their streetcar manufacturer and they could use some research from the streetcar manufacturer side of their business and apply it in certain scenarios into the F1 car. So is it Red Bull's fault that they don't, they're not a streetcar manufacturer? <laughs> so I, I, I had some question that. marks. I yeah. have some question marks out there for those kind of things. But everything you brought up, yeah. point well taken, but now what? Yeah. Well, by the way, the point that I read was constructors, but then the next line is exactly the same thing. It's just a deduction of driver's championship points. So that those are the first three bullets. The other ones are suspension of one or more stages of competitions or competitions, uh, excluding for the avoidance of the uh, of doubt for the race itself, limitations of ability to conduct aerodynamic or other testing. You know, they already do. Similar to, I would say, American sports like NFL draft orders, they do CFD time already. They started that already and starting last year so which is why haas got so much cfd time which mm -hmm. is why i think part of the reason they came out of the gate so strong this year besides having magnuson back <laughs> but the other one is it, know, it choked me up too uh, yeah limitations uh a reduction of the cost cap provided the penalty specified article blah 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 shall be applied with respect to the full year reporting period immediately following the state of the imposition of the sanction and let's not forget here that no formal investigations were launched. And, and so, remember, a lot of this is, um, it, the, they're basing all this on what the teams themselves submitted. So they're not going back. They said the first year, which being 2021, they're not going to go back and do a bunch of 
uh, investigative data forensic, mining, if you will, yeah. forensic accounting, really, where they're they're saying, okay, you say you spent this much time at this wind tunnel, show me the receipt or whatever. You sure. Know? Show me the check you wrote or the wire transfer or whatever. So um, there's all of that. So, and so that's, yeah. let me ask you, what, in your opinion, what should, what should Red Bull's penalty be based on what you know? I, at the moment, quite honestly, I need a little more deep dive. And if it truly is that significant of an infringement that you could correlate to that half second of lap, I'm sorry, Max, championship's gone. It's such a tough decision, and I, I have to agree. If it's if it's the full, if it's like between five and seven million dollars, I mean that's clear that that and gave them a a big a big difference. Even if you take Matteo Bonato's calculations and cut them in half, yeah. conservatively, I mean two or three tenths. Yeah, I mean that's well, going to give this Max is the whole steroid and baseball home run guys. Yeah, it's thing, not, it's not far off, is it? And so. Uh, but going forward, what would we do different? How do you do this so that teams don't think this is something we can take advantage of, especially if you're in the back of the grid? Yeah. And it, it may not equate to that much. But what if you went over by 5% this year? 22? Sure. You go over yeah. by 5% this year. Well, you know what? That means next year we're going to double that overage and reduce your budget by that. Uh, yeah. I would so say we're going to reduce by ten percent next yeah, year. Well, yeah, that would be that would be massive. Yeah, and I think that would hold their feet to the fire. I think it would give them a known outcome for going over the budget because then because we start splitting hairs. Okay, where'd you spend this money? You know, oh well, you know, y'all y'all exceeded this area more than the typical the rest of the grid did in that spend mm-hmm. area. Uh, so and was that something that you know where they spent it? Was that really something that equated? that you could say was something around the half second. Yeah. How did that contribute to that improvement? The the one thing, now let me ask you this. Would you change the rule about championship points for last year because of what we're talking about? I mean, it's such a tough, because they've already said the rules and you answered appropriately in my mind, you, you know, everybody signed the agreement. Know the rules you race by. That's right. Here are the rules. If you spent all that money and you won the championship because of that, then Sorry, Max, but okay. Would you would you keep that portion of the rules? And then there's a couple of comments on YouTube. On so changing to the other stand. You are on the stand, <laughs> sir. You put your hand on the. Is Bible. it Max's fault? He had no control over what the team was spending. How about we go after the team? The constructors, yeah. Uh, I mean, but yeah. Um, it still doesn't feel feel fair, you know. It, it's not. Uh, it, yeah. It's not fair, but I'll say it's the best answer that we'd come by. Know the rules you race by, and that's that. Yeah, Andy P. sums it up pretty good. He says, I'm so confused as to how upset I should be on the cost cap thing. Red Bull Racing will get a sanction, but probably won't appease at least the loud part of the internet. Oh, geez. The loud part. I don't think there's a way Um, to do that, Andy. Yeah, Yeah, we don't have that filter yet. Maybe Elon (laughs) Musk will do it on Twitter. Uh, He said, wish we knew how bad it is. And that's what this all boils down to. In fact, we've probably talked more than we need to on this because – we don't know yet, and the, until we know more, it's really just a moot point. But I definitely wanted to discuss this. All right, we're going to take our last break, and I think if Casey gives me a thumbs up, we'll stay on the mics for those on YouTube. And we, uh, when we come back, we, we're going to talk about the Haas F1 team and the potential driver for next year. You're listening to your Sunday night with Speed City. Back after this. All right, Andy P., that's a good point. I wish I knew how bad it would be. Let me see if Jonathan replied. I haven't seen it. No. No. Hey, Wesman, who's on YouTube, followed us on Twitter. I saw that. Thanks, Wesman. Uh, hey, you guys, give us a like on uh, YouTube if you're, if you can, on your, if you're not on your phone, if you're on your computer, if it's easy to do that. Oh, yeah. Like and subscribe. Isn't that what you're supposed to say? We're not very good at YouTube. We've got to figure that out. We're getting there, though. Jonathan's video. Oh, let me look at it. Let me see where it is. See how many people have. That may be old. It says 603. I thought it said 650. 603,000 people. That's nothing compared to his mayhem video that, oh, yeah. that we pull that clip from that we joke about. 
Uh, okay. That one has like 20 million views of him doing the Macau Grand Prix with that massive car pileup. Oh, yeah. I mean, I mean that, he was he was great at that. You know, gosh, it was a terrible situation, but that was really cool the way he handled it. Hi guys, this is Craig Astley and you're listening to Speed City. Welcome back to the fastest hour in radio, Speed City. Hey, before before we go into Haas, Les, you wanted to talk about our old friend, the late Jesse Combs. Oh yeah, uh, Jesse had, had been on our show, She's a really nice lady. Uh, if you're not familiar with Jesse Combs, fantastic woman who, uh, we lost her during a land speed attempt. She used to be the, the blonde on uh, All Girls Garage. Yeah. She did all sorts of motorsports stuff. Yeah, yeah. And so, uh, but anyway, she passed during one of the speed events. But I wanted to highlight that the 20th, this week, HBO Max is releasing a documentary on Jesse. And uh, the way I found about this, as I landed in LAX last week, one of the board members of Jesse's uh, charity groups was there and uh, she caught me and I asked what she was doing there at the time. And anyway, she's the one that brought this. I got to see a, a little premiere clip of it. And I'm going to tell you it, uh, it really captured Jesse well and how she was up for anything and uh, is just chilling. There was uh, one point she goes, you know, I died doing this, but I don't want to do it now, basically. And, uh, you know, unfortunately it happened, but I hope you'll take time. Check that out. HBO Max, uh, the Jesse Combs documentary. And, That's cool. Uh, check it out. Yeah, she was a nice lady. We got to get to know her a little bit. So that's that's uh, it's good they're doing that. Uh, I want to talk about the Hasif One team because they and Williams are the only two people that haven't secured drivers. Um, and we're going to talk about Williams too because the front runner. I want to talk about the front runners of each of those. First of all, the front runner for the Williams team is an American, Logan Sargent. Very excited about this. He has to finish. He's in Formula Two. And he doesn't have enough super license points, as if we need to talk about that anymore. Um, but he doesn't have enough as it stands. But he has to finish, I think, sixth or higher. Y'all can Google that to look at the exact number. But right. um, but that there's we got a couple weeks for that race, so he's got to finish sixth or higher. And all indicators, all the rumors um, uh, that everybody said is it looks like Logan Sargent's going to get that seat especially now that the other dominoes have fallen with Pierre Gasly and Nick DeVries. So it looks like that, um, that Logan Sargent will. Absolutely. But there's somebody warming up the seat for him in Mexico City. Petro Fittipaldi will be uh, taking part in the free practice one for Haas in Mexico and also at Abu Dhabi. So, you know, these are some of the things that they continue to grow their driver points. It's one of the requirements of uh, – the FIAF1 requirements for the drivers. And so uh, it's going to be great to see him in a car again. Last he jumped in and did it, he did really well. So I'm excited to see what he does in free practice. Yes, it's just free practice, but still, to see uh, Pietro back in the seat. Hmm. But who's going to get that seat permanently is still the big question. Well, and of course, we get to see Logan Sargent FP1 here in Austin in just a few days. So yeah. Um, we'll get to hang out with him a little bit, I'm sure. In fact, we did, we've scheduled an interview with, uh, with Logan Sargent. We got lots of interviews. So you guys make sure you're watching our, our social media on Thursday and Friday. Um, but of course we also, let me go down our broadcast schedule before I talk the rest about hospital before I forget. And that is that, um, on local radio on 1370 here in Austin, we are going to be doing, um, our own play-by-play broadcast just like we have the last few years so part of the team this year we got varsha coming in town uh, i told him he could borrow my my bmw he doesn't know that it has two hundred and seventy thousand miles <laughs> i asked him if he could drive a stick and he said yes uh, i put a fresh set of tires on it though so bob's got fresh tires why didn't you give him the other one <laughs> no he's not getting the roof <laughs> it's not even going to come out come during on, the usgp <laughs> come on man um so Bob Varsha and, of course, Chris Medlin will be wandering the, the paddock for us in the pit lane with his special passes. We'll probably try to get him in the booth 
um, FP1, FP2. You bet. Uh, because, because we're also doing the track commentary. Jonathan Green is going to be our lead commentator, and then uh, Bob and Bob Varsha and Chris Mendel and Les and I will be shuttling in and out of there because we're going to be running around doing interviews. We have an interview that – did you see the text I sent? We're going to interview the guys who did – the Netflix series. I don't know if it's the producer. Yeah. I don't know who it is, but we're going to get to interview yeah. those and guys. And why did you cut me out of? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Why did you cut I've us? Got out? a bone to pick. <laughs> yeah, they cut us out a couple of years ago. I was sitting there interviewing Gunther, and their eleven microphones were sticking yeah. down in my face, and they cut me out. But anyway, um... I mean, I would have fucked uh, the whole body. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, let's see what else. Oh, and Dave O'Neill, former Haas F1 right. team manager, he is going to be part of the broadcast team. Because not only are we doing our local broadcast of play-by-play, -play, but our pre and post that we put out on national radio will be also, you can also hear those on 1370. So we'll have four-hour block. If you're local somehow, if you're in the stands, you can go. Well, we have a page on our website. I've posted it. I haven't linked to it yet, but it's got links where you can listen on your phone. If you're in the stands, you can hear all right. this stuff. Um but so, yeah, we're going to. And of course, we have our national broadcast, same as usual, where you have the, the pre and post with the BBC sandwiched in between. But we're down to three minutes. So to sum it up, you got yes. an all star cast and two bozos from Texas. <laughs> exactly. All star cast and you and me. Right. Yep. <laughs> the guys who started all this. Yeah. OK. Um, I want to talk Haas F1 because the front runner is the Hulk, Hulkenberg. Right. Yeah. And so I'm thinking, OK. Is it just seems a, not odd, but you have to think about the Hulkenberg. First of all, he's 35 years old. Um, he's started 181 starts in Formula One without a podium finish. He's got all these strange stats, right? He's only had, I think, three fourth place finishes, but he's been, he's had, I think, what is it, three, six, almost nine full years in formula one so i mean it, it's it's i'm wondering if it's uh hold on my, my computer just glitched out but I, i'm just saying he's got all this experience right mm -hmm. he's got all this experience and this is what haas generally hires they hire experience and you go wait a minute what about last year we had two rookies well last year didn't even count we weren't haas i say we they said it they said it we're not even gonna we're 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 testing next year's car we're developing next year's car forget all about that right so i think this is why that he is the front runner is because he consistently scored points and actually consistently he has over 500 points in his career yeah so and and honestly as much as i love k mag and especially what he did, has done this year i think that he's more consistent than k mag he, he stepped in this year not qualified lance stroll yeah so, um, I mean, I, how do you feel about the choice, by the way? I, I think that's a logical, well-thought-out choice. You know, the, the heart still hangs out for a, a garage sale price on Dana Ricardo since he's already been paid for next year. But, uh, he's already said it. I, I, I agree with you. I actually think that'd be fun, and I think he's at least as good, if not better. I mean, yeah. the Hulk was very well thought of coming out of the juniors. All right, guys, we are out of time uh, thanks, everybody, for for tuning in on however you did. We appreciate it. And uh, don't forget, this weekend, check us out all uh, on social media. Go to our website, speedcitybroadcast.com. You can find out all the details. And we will talk to you from Circuit of the Americas. Boom, baby. All right. See you all Sunday. Ciao, y'all.